Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke, Bike Radar's Deputy Editor, and in today's episode... I sit down with former pro cyclist turned presenter Adam Blythe to hear his thoughts on tech in today's pro peloton. Blythe is famously unafraid to air his opinions on tech, notably singling out Aqua Blue Sport's decision to race on 3T's one by specific Strada as a key reason for his former team's downfall in 2018. With the recent release of the new 3T Strada ICR, which is available in a 2 by configuration, I asked Adam whether he thought one by will ever offer a competitive advantage. Blythe also comes from a generation where riders were able to customise their bikes to suit their riding and, by extension, personalities. In the podcast, Blythe bemoans the homogeneity of the modern peloton and highlights who he thinks are today's most stylish riders on and off the bike. Finally, we hear his personal views on UCI tech rules today. Now, we jump to the front seats of a van in a car park near Macclesfield. We sat down with Adam now in the salubrious surroundings of a front of a Ford Transit van, having just done a lovely ride with him. And we're going to today ask you a few questions about tech in the Pro Peloton. Adam, first and foremost, you've never been afraid to sort of uh, share your opinions on tech in general, but most notably, you weren't a big fan of one by during your days at Aqu- Aqua Blue Sport. Well, no, um, no, I was not. <laughs> no, you were not. Certainly on a previous edition of the Wiggins podcast, you kind of largely or certainly um, put some of the demise of the team down to that bike in particular. Now, it's safe to say that in the intervening years, one by hasn't really taken off Surprising on the road. that, isn't it? Surprising that. I mean... 
things have come along now. We have got sort of dedicated one by group sets. Do you think there is ever going to be a future where one by becomes maybe not the norm, but certainly has a, a competitive advantage on the road? Look, not for racing on no. I just you can't do it. You can't ride at sixty k an hour on the flat and then expect it to climb up a twenty percent climb with twelve gears on the back. You just can't do it. You need the ratios. You need you need to be able to spin as much as you can. You need the gearing to be able to. If you drop down one gear, you don't want it to change too much your RPM. Whereas when I was on that one by bike, there was a 25 RPM change in one gear. That's so wild, you, yeah. yeah. So people, when I, all this came out about the one by, people were like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yes, it is for when you're riding around here and you don't have to do 60k an hour on the flat or 50k an hour. You might do 45, you might do 50 for a certain amount of time. But if you're jumping when you're racing from 60k an hour down to 55 and then you're going up a hill and doing 12k an hour, your ratio is so spread out. So, as I said, I did Tory Yorkshire, rode on like a 50, 42 or something, and then the next gear down, whatever it was, 25 RPM difference. So it's like doing weight training on a bike. There's only <laughs> so much we could do with it. So, yeah, I don't, for racing, though, for general riders, even it, my training bike was fine. I had my um, 3T bike at the time. For around here, absolutely fantastic, because I wasn't going at race speeds, but... If you're racing, for me, pointless. And even kind of we saw um, Lizzie Dagnan in Roubaix and also kind of a bit of a resurgence in the time trial world. Do you think there's any kind of legs in that? Or uh, Yeah, think- definitely. I think for, for the flat races, for you know, like Roubaix, there's hardly any climbing and it is rolly a little bit. Time trialling if you've got a flat course. I don't see why you wouldn't use it. It's fine to use on that, but mm. as soon as you've got hills in it, as soon as you've got climbs along with fat flash roads as well, it's just a nightmare, so... Yeah, I just, I just don't think it's ever really going to take off. And if it does, it's just going to put one by on your aero bike when you've got 500 metres climbing in a day. And if you've got more than that, then you'll jump on a bike with a little ring on it. Absolutely. And just kind of looking at the Pro Peloton today, you're quite a classy rider in your day. Don't want to flatter you too Thank much, you but much. you know, slam stem, classic bars, white shorts, national champs kind of thing. Yeah. You know, what do you think about the, the the bikes of today's Pro Peloton? Less sort of personality in general, or do you think the integration is to be welcomed? Less personality, massively. Everyone looks the same, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> it is bad. I had this conversation the other day with someone that there's no... Back when I was racing, you used to have big characters, you used to have Pizzato, you used to have Tom Boone and Cancellari. You look at their bikes compared to the teammates' bikes and they all look different. If you walk up to a team bus now, you have to look at the name to see <laughs> whose is whose bikes. They've got the same handlebars, same seat, same everything on. So there's no characters and it's always been for me that being comfortable on the bike will help you perform loads. And if even the bar tape the tape that you wrap mm-hmm. your bar tape on a bike if you want white bar tape and that gives you that little extra boost makes yourself feel better if you've not got that it's a little percentage of your confidence the way you feel the way you look you never walk out the house thinking oh god i feel crap today this is <laughs> going to be great <laughs> you always want to feel good about yourself and especially if you're going to go to your maximum on a bike so there's all these things about marginal gains, all the watts. If you put some olive oil on your chain, you'll go a bit quicker and all this kind of stuff. But I think that that aesthetic and just the way yeah. it's forgotten about how a rider might feel if they've got white bar tape, if they've got a white saddle, but that's not offered to them just because mm. there's no facts about it that makes you faster. And who would you say, though, who, who do you think is the most stylish rider in the Pro Peloton today? Today? Ooh. 
and the pole probably. Yeah. Yeah, he looks good on a bike, doesn't he? Great hair. Yeah, great hair. Wout Van Aert is also stylish. Um, yeah, it's quite difficult because it's quite generic nowadays. Oh, savage! Yeah. Off the bike, who do you think's the most stylish in the pro peloton? Uh, Sivakov is a silent assassin. He's got a lot of swag. Um, Adam Yates as well, actually. Really? He spends a shit ton of money on shirts. <laughs> A shit ton of money. I had a good chat with him about it. So, yeah, Pigcock's also quite stylish. But each everyone's got their own style and what you think stylish and other person won't. But, yeah, Roman Bardet is very cool as well, very suave. Lovely. And uh, one other comment you made earlier in this year, you know, we like a narrow bar every now and then at Bike Crater. You thought yeah. that Van Schip's narrow bars should be banned. We've also seen um, recent weeks Bianchi's new Ultra. That's kind of seen uh, the wind deflectors mounted to the head tube banned based on UCI rules. I mean, are you kind of in favour of let's dare say, the heavy-handed nature of UCI's rules and technical regulations, or... No, it's just, just let bikes be bikes, you know what I mean? I think people are, as, as we've heard about, looking for wax chains and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. With the positioning on a bike, everything's done in a wind tunnel. It's not done inside a peloton. So everything is done how you sit on your bike when you're in that position for 20, 30 minutes. You can only hold that position for 20, 30 minutes on a road bike, so you start to get cramped, your arms are in, so you have to sit up. So for me, it's finding the position that you're most comfortable in, which you can hold all day long, hence the low handlebars, a low stem. And I always rode a longer stem, because I wasn't very powerful, but it'd bring me so much closer to the guy's arse in front of me, so I could tuck into that pocket mm-hmm. of air more. So it did, it massively helped me, but I think the aero bars, the Van Skip thing I think is brilliant, what he's trying to do, innovate it, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. The problem is that aero bar that is made, I think, is a lot safer than the one he had before because he had old track bars, which were super narrow. I think they were like a 32 on the top, and then he had his levers in, but he couldn't brake in time. So every time he went to brake, he's got his like little finger tucked under it with his whole hand leaning over it. So if someone slammed on, he was just like all over the show, panicking to get his brake. So it was never anything to do with the aeroness. Yes, in my opinion, he looked crap. But I'm all for innovation, people trying to cut with new context, but Christ almighty, keep it safe. Like, yeah, it's safe, but I can't break if there's a crash in front of me. So that was my reasoning for saying. Very good, very good. And uh, just finally, what does the rest of the season hold for you, just for the benefit of the listeners? I've got Track Champions League coming up, so racing on the velodrome, which should be good fun. Off to Mallorca this weekend, uh, Berlin, Berlin? Berlin next weekend, Paris the next weekend, London the weekend after that, and then I am going to get stocked up on boots for Christmas. Good for you, mate. Well deserved. Well, thank you very much. We will have a future episode of Bike Creators Gravel Diaries with Adam. Going to be well worth a watch. You can watch him tear our legs off some steep bridleways in the Peak District. It's a great watch. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 